Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 191 of the Mom Hour. I'm Sarah Powers here, as always, with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. Gosh, we're close to 200. I know. Are we going to have a party? (laughs) What should we do, guys? If you're a longtime listener or or a new listener, um, you've been through. We did a 50th. We did a 100th. Then the 150th came and we were like, oh, that happened. (laughs) We just didn't do anything for 150. So tell us what we should do for our 200th episode. Um, Excited. What are we talking about today? We are talking about the small people who live in your house and whether they help with those houses (laughs) and the things in them. We're talking about chores. Not just chores, but like contributions to the house and like life skills almost. Um, Always something that like the goal is to start them young and keep at it, but man, it's hard. Like it's, and you know, we're putting help in like finger quotes, right? right? Because right. we know that helpful kids don't actually necessarily mean less work for you. No, the help would be if like they all left for an entire day and let you clean your house in peace, <laughs> exactly. but that's not how it works. And it turns out that's not really what they need anyway. So chores right. are an important part of their growing up too. And this is a topic we tackled way early on, but it was so long ago that like my kids are completely different people. So yeah, mine too. We're going to do that again. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor Meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor Meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah, and for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle, whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. 
Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's from our O-U-R place dot com code mom hour. Okay, Megan, we're going to get right into talking about our kids and the chores that they do willingly or begrudgingly. <laughs> but I do actually want to start with a little bit of research. And we don't we don't always throw the studies at you. And I think you guys know, like, we take all of this research with a grain of salt because you know your kids and your family way better than any study. But the research on kids doing chores and what it means for them later in life is pretty compelling. And it's maybe not what you think. Um, but when they looked at, there's a few longitudinal studies, some some pretty big ones and some smaller ones as well. But when they looked at predictors of both professional success and like adult happiness, one of the main commonalities was people who felt a um, had an attitude of contribution to their household yeah. growing up, whether that was like a strict chore chart or just a more general family attitude of we're all in this together and we're all pitching in. So I just want to mention that because sometimes, like you said at the top of the show, Megan, we think, oh, well, mom is doing all the chores. I need Mm -hmm. help. I want the kids to pitch in. And it is about pitching in. And Megan, you are such an example of learning that delegation. But it's not just to take stuff off your plate, I guess, is the point I want to make. Because like you said, when your kids are little, it's easier to do it all yourself most of the yeah. time. No, I agree. And I haven't read this study, um, but I, I assume that probably the reason it's not like you have to do it a certain way or a perfect no, way. That's not what it's no. all about. It's about the feeling of contribution and yes. competency and realizing that things don't just happen around you. Like if your mom always does all the work and you never have to chip in, it, it right. can become easy to kind of grow up thinking that things just happen. Like there's like a magical fairy. And so, you know, actually having your kids chip in, whether or not that's actually reducing your workload. Right. Creates that, and that knowledge. One of the things it led to was, was professional success, meaning money and success right. in their jobs. And part of that, exactly like you said, came from n- not just head down in the books and, you know, get into all of the elite schools, but actually functioning in a family unit of some kind where they were expected to contribute, which is maybe different than what you think. And I think um, 
like in kind of this day and age where there is a lot of uh, really involved parents who are very focused on kids' academic success, there's sometimes this attitude of like, well, I want, school comes first. I want school to be their main priority. So therefore... I'm not going to make them load the dishwasher or whatever. And we're mm-hmm. getting ahead into kind of like teenage stuff. But I think the research shows that if the goal is to raise happy, successful kids, the chores are important. I think that's interesting. Okay. So that is all. Agreed. That's all well and good. <laughs> but that study does not solve the problem of nagging, whining, and right. just this question of like, how do we even go about this? So I thought I would ask you and first remind new listeners of how old your kids are right now. And then just kind of give us a picture of what do chores look like in your house these days right now? Are there assigned tasks? Are you still doing a lot of reminding? Is there a chart? So just kind of give us the big picture. Sure. Okay. So my kids are, um, nine, 13, 15, 19, and 21. Um, the three younger ones spend half the time with me and half the time with their dad. The two older ones are with me much more than they're with him. So, um, it's been interesting. We moved about, uh, let's see about gosh, six or seven months ago now. Oh no, longer than that. We've lived in this house now. April. I feel like, yeah, April. I'm still learning. This house is a lot smaller than the last house, okay. which means it needs more constant upkeep, but not as, doesn't take as long to clean it. Right. So I'm still kind of learning right now, like what actually is needed to get this house where it needs to be, A. Mm-hmm. And I'm still kind of figuring out what that means when half or more than half of the people living in this house are gone. Right. Like half the week. Right. So sometimes they come like after school. I'm recording, we're recording this around 3.30. So the, the middle school and high schooler are both here waiting for their dad to come get them. But okay. that doesn't happen every single day. So I can't always count on that. And right. I'm working right now. So I might not catch them in time to tell them to take the trash out. Or right. So we're still figuring it out. So mm-hmm. right now I'm still, I've always, I've never been a chart person. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gone on and off the assigned, like you're, you always do the dishes or you always do the trash or whatever. Right. And now I'm, I am off that. Like right yeah. now, Everything, excuse me, everything they do is because I assigned it to them. Okay. Just like on the spot or I, maybe at the beginning of the week, I said, this needs to get done in the next couple of days, but more, it's more often on the spot. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, and you, obviously you went through a divorce and your kids are sharing houses right now, but even for a married family, I'm picturing teenagers being pretty independent, maybe having after school jobs a few days a week. Like it it would have to be a little bit more fluid. um, Yeah. Even in a, you know, a household if you were married. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And also, um, as far as reminding goes, I would say that I depends on the kid. Uh-huh. There are some kids I never remind. And there are some kids, um, that I have to remind several times each. You might remind them in the middle of this podcast. We could just like, yes, pause I, may, I actually like... might have to stop and go remind them. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's very, it's very possible. Okay. So in my house right now, my kids are 10, eight and very close to six. Um, and I would say we're in a very good place when it comes to tasks and chores that are tied to like personal routines, like taking care of your own stuff. And this took a long time. But for example, when we come home from school, I pick them up from school. So we come in, the car's in the garage and they all have their routine. They hang up their backpack. They empty their lunches out, including like the old food and the bento box and put it in the sink. They put the lunchbox away. They put their shoes away. And I would say that has, especially this school year, gone really well. So things like that, things like putting your clothes in the hamper, um, Mm -hmm. 
looking after your own stuff, clearing your plate after dinner. So I would say in the last couple of years, that's where we've made really good strides. It's not that I don't remind them. I mean, everybody needs reminding, but it's that they know it's their, they know it's a thing that we do in our house. And I do feel good about that. I feel like, you know, taking a moment to realize that's progress. What, what I haven't added a lot of in the last couple of years and what I feel like we're on the precipice of is just bigger jobs, taking Mm. out the garbage. Um, Oh, and the other thing I should say we're good about is like, if you make a mess, you're part of cleaning it up right down to Mm. the littlest kid. If we get out a puzzle or a game or something, that's just, that's just part of it. So we're good about that kind of stuff, but things that would actually start to contribute to the household chores. So I don't know, like sweeping, taking yeah. out the garbage, um, some weekend chores, picking up dog poop would be a big one. Things that they are now capable of. It's just, we're just right at that point where I'm like, oh, right. It's not going to happen if I don't make it right. happen. So yeah, I feel like we're in a, a decent place. You know, what's funny about that. I am almost the opposite in that my kids are very capable and very good and trained and willing to do the big stuff. Mm-hmm. But we fall down on the job all the time with the little stuff because I just kind of forget. Like, yeah, um, it, it just like we just we're getting out of the holiday break now. And it's like literally everyone forgot that you don't just kick your shoes in the middle of the room. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. we don't have that much space. Like yeah. you really have to put your shoes in your backpack and yeah. all that stuff. So I feel like I'm like now back in the process of having to kind of retrain them. Remember what we right. did before. Right. And all that stuff. So right. it's a it's a work in progress and nothing ever lasts forever. Well, yeah. And those are things that we're all, I mean, we have to retrain ourselves sometimes. Right, I exactly. do not, I definitely have some bad habits around that. And speaking to our moms of really little kids, those types of personal care routines are great places to start with a two-year-old. Like you put your shoes yeah. in this cubby when you come home. They love that kind of stuff anyway. It's not a chore per se, but it's a, it's the beginning of that, you know, household responsibility. So Megan, I was then going to ask you to look back and it, yeah. see if you could remember what it was like when you were in the thick of, I just picked the ages when Clara would have been a baby. So like 12, yeah. 10, 6, 4, an infant. What did that yeah. look like? So I spent, um, did I even write 12, 4, 6, 12, 10? I made it up. Infant. Do I know your family? Is that right? I think that's correct. If she were like, not a newborn, but like, you know, a baby. Yep, yep, yep. Yes, that's correct. Sorry, I just got all, I got thrown (laughs) off because when she was born, they were all odd size. They were all odd ages. So I rounded up. This would have been like four months later. Um, Okay, so I spent my entire pregnancy with Clara training Jacob and Isaac. I love that. You know, 11 and 9 at the time to do the dishes correctly. Okay. It took a long time for them to learn how to, I mean, they're still not perfect at it, to be honest. Um, we've talked about that, right. like the ranting about yes. things getting put in the right. dishwasher incorrectly, but they, um, they, they learned, they spent a lot of that time learning how to do those things. So they really did a lot of stuff when Clara was an infant and I never really got around to training the six and four year olds to do yeah, much that of anything. Sense. Um, they'd like, you know, they would pick up their own socks if I asked yeah. them to and stuff. And like, they had a basic idea of what it looked like to participate in a family, but I I was not in a place mentally or emotionally right then where I could give them tasks to do and have any expectations. That changed pretty quickly because Clara turned out to be a pretty easy toddler. So the minute she was like walking, I would Mm -hmm. say, and kind of able to, you know, maybe sit on the floor and play with the block or two or was, you know, toddling around the kitchen while I was cooking or whatever. um, I really started, I kind of got into it with the, the second set of boys and they became pretty competent at thing at certain things pretty quickly. I've, you know, it's funny with dishes, like I've always, the youngest kids have always kind of gotten probably too much of a pass yeah, on doing that stuff. And then they're like, like Clara is almost 10 years old. And I'm like, wait, do you ever load the dishwasher? And she's like, well, I'm too short because I can't reach <laughs> I could just where the hear glasses her voice. go. Yes. And I'm like, well, no, you, and she actually really wants to do stuff like that. Uh-huh. I just, 
because there's so many older kids, I tend to give her a little bit of a pass. So um, we're now kind of in a place where I'm starting to like, yeah. kind of train her to do stuff that her brothers did much younger. So, yeah, well, and yeah. it makes sense. Like if you get into a, a relative place that works, it's not like you're going to just shake it all up to train the next kid. I mean, that would that would maybe turn out perfectly evenly trained kids, but it's just not the way life works. So it makes sense that like some share the brunt and some get a pass for a while and then it shifts. So I was going to look back and like when I had my youngest, my other two were four and a half and two and a half. So when they were like five and three and I had a baby, I don't think anybody had any chores. I don't think anybody Mm. did anything. I, I just did it all. And like, Yeah, I wasn't in a place. So I I guess the only reason I'm saying that is if you feel like it's you haven't started this yet or haven't started thinking about it, that's okay. You have lots of time. Now, on the flip side, there's there's things five year olds and three year olds can definitely do to help out. But you're probably kind of doing it naturally. Later in the second half of the show, we're going to look at a fun list of kind of life skills and things around the house that all kids can learn to do. And you have probably taught your five and three year old to you know, put their shoes away or maybe put their clean clothes away, but you don't have to do it all right now at once. And so I'm just owning up to the fact that I don't think I was doing anything in the way of asking the kids to help when I had a five-year-old, a three-year-old and a six-month-old. And and like, I think that there's this, um, there's this idea that if we don't, and we've talked about this before, that if we don't start training them super young, like it'll never happen. And there'll be like a window of time that we pass and then it's too late and you can never train them. I think I think most of us probably have the kind of relationships with our kids where it's not like we don't expect them to ever have any empathy or to care about anybody else or to do anything that's hard. We maybe just haven't gotten a system down yet where we can introduce them to doing chores. So you have time. I guess you have time. It's like you, you have time. And if what you're doing is laying down this foundation of like, we're in a family, we chip in, this is what we do because we love each other. And because this is how a household runs you're already doing a lot of the work. Yes, you are. And like the actual activity that goes on top of that is kind of like, I don't want to say irrelevant, but it's just the next building block. And that can happen. doesn't have to happen by the time they're two and a half. Exactly. We get emails from moms. And I know that I've talked to moms who are stressed because their two-year-olds don't like clean up after themselves when they play. (laughs) Right. And that might be like, you know, yes, yes. There are Montessori classrooms where two and a half year olds pick up after themselves every time they do everything, but they spend like a month and that's all they yeah. do for like yep. the first month of school is train. Like yeah. we don't, yeah. school and life are two different things. Yeah. And you kind of have to decide, is this one of the things that I want to focus on with the kid right now? Cause all of this takes training and patience for mom. And so it's like my favorite phrase that you gave me, is this a hill I want to die on right, right now? Making my two and a half year old put away their blocks every time. Or could we save this developmental step for next year? You know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you, since we're looking back, is there anything you wish you would have done a little differently or started earlier? Not like regrets, but just now knowing what you know now. Um, gosh, it's really hard to look back now because it's been so up and down and like it's changed so many times and I've lived in so many different places. Yeah. You know, I think the thing that I would do differently is not let certain kids and I'm not going to name them by name in this sentence, <laughs> but I may but stay name tuned them for part two. <laughs> I may name them by name later. And if you put the two together, then that's that's up to you. Um, I have got a slacker and a staller. Two different ones. Or is that the same person? Uh, one of them has both slacking and stalling tendencies. The other, I believe, was both a slacker and a staller when he was younger, but now is kind of just a slacker. Okay. So, <laughs> and I think 
in a big family, it's very easy to let those kids get out of things. Uh-huh. Um, and then like, it becomes like they fine tune that art of forgetting or overcomplicating things or like yeah. hanging around in the background when work's going on and then just yeah. disappearing. Like they get really good at that yeah. because it's effective and it works. Um, and I kind of wish I would have seen that that was happening. Kind of like how some kids are good at instigating mm-hmm. and you don't even mm-hmm. see it happening. And then you wish you would have seen it so that yeah. you could have yep. put the kibosh on it. Yeah. But like looking back, you're like mad at yourself. But really, is there right. anything you could have done besides just right. follow them around all right. day? I don't know. Like right. I, my hands were full. I at least recognize it now and I can get on top of it. But, right. you know, in some cases, these these individuals are adults. So, yeah. So yeah. what about you? Well, I, the thing that came to mind first for me is something I'm still working on. So I guess I could, I could always have started this earlier and better. And I learned it from you. And that is kind of the attitude that I model to my kids about what it means to take care of my house is so mm. much more important than things like, can my three-year-old hang up his jacket? Yes. Um, I think I, like I said, when I had three little kids, five and under, I just you know, felt very discouraged about how much stuff was on the floor all the time, how behind I was in the house. And I know I put off when that happens to me, I put off this attitude like it's never going to get better. I'm never going to get caught up. I'm you know, it's just it just seeps out of me. I know it does. And what I want for my kids is to see that taking care of our house together and our pets and our yard is it's not like they have to see like it's Mary Poppins and it's fun, but I want them to see that it's, it's neither fun nor not fun. It's just a part of being around. (laughs) I mean, we could, (laughs) um, it, it's, it's not that they have to love it, but it's not, it's also not this horrible thing. It's just part of being a family member and a human and a homeowner or living in a space with other people. And so I think, um, I know you wrote about this and it's definitely something I've thought about since knowing you that I get to choose the, what I model about chores. And so, I don't know, that's so, I realize that's really vague, but that is something I wish I had thought about probably sooner. And I, I still can continue to remind myself. And then on a very, like very practical level, I wish I would have started training dish doers younger. I feel like I am behind in this area. And then I was thinking, I think I said the same thing like three years ago when we did this episode, my kids clear their plate, they scrape their plate, they stack it, but nobody really does dishes yet. And I have a 10 and eight year old who are very capable. They, I just haven't like, I just haven't rolled it out. I haven't said, please unload the dishwasher to anybody ever. And I feel a little behind in that area. You're not behind. That's the age where I started really getting serious about dishwasher in my, in my household. And, um, Here's the thing. (laughs) It's kind of like potty training. Okay. Like you're just going to have to just accept that no matter what, what age you start training them to do it. Yeah. You've got a task ahead of you and it's going to take a while. So if you'd started at six, it would have taken you a long time and you still, and now you'd still be irritated because half the time they don't put the silverware in correctly. They put it in the wrong way that you don't like, or, or they put the pot inside that you've told them 8 million times blocks (laughs) the water. So nothing else gets clean. I mean, do I sound bitter here? Yeah. You know, we did do a whole episode about dishes. I'm remembering now. Yeah. Yes. So I think that you're okay. You're all right. They'll they'll have it well enough. Yeah. As well as you can ever expect. Yeah, that's true. I just feel like I I spend a lot of time doing dishes. Another thing relative to our dish doing episode is I actually don't mind doing dishes, which is probably another reason why I haven't delegated it. It hasn't occurred to me because... I kind of like standing at the sink and thinking my own thoughts yeah. and scrubbing. And so mm-hmm, anyway, that can be it. That can be a 2019 chore for the power. You know, household. and I really enjoy doing the dishes. I don't enjoy unloading the dishwasher. So that's tends to be the mm-hmm. task I, I give my kids more. Also, I just get less irritated about the dishes being put away incorrectly than yeah. I do about the dishwasher being loaded incorrectly yep. because 
when it's not loaded right, the dishes don't get as clean. Right. Right. So that's, yeah. Yeah, I think that would be a good one to start with. And you can even do lower rack only for kids who can't, well, I guess they could reach both shelves. It's where they put them away that they sometimes can't reach, but they could put away everything that they have access to. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. You can also use a little step stool. Yep. And they can figure it out. They can figure it out. Resourceful if they have to be. Totally. Um, Okay. Last kind of question before our break. Is there anything right now in the situation that you feel motivated to change or improve? Um, you know, again, with the slacker staller combo, getting them more on board, I'd like to be a little more, um, I'd like to be a little more organized with chores. I I haven't, it's just something that hasn't been real necessary. So Mm -hmm. I don't have a plan for myself. And then what I find often ends up happening is, um, the kids are gone for three days and then I realize, oh, there's this thing I really would have liked someone to do, but they're gone. Right. And I have to wait now for them to be back in three days. So I think I would just like to have a flow or even if I don't communicate that to them in any, um, you know, really organized way. Right. I would just like to know. So yeah. And then you can delegate accordingly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good. I think, yeah, I, I I wish for that sometimes too, because I'm pretty haphazard. Um, so I think for me, the thing that I have felt like kind of we're outgrowing is I have really been samesies with my three kids for a couple years now. So they're about to be six, eight and 10. They've kind of had relatively the same responsibilities. And while that makes it really easy for me, when I talked about kind of like personal care and putting their stuff away, um, it takes more effort in my brain to think about Mm. giving more responsibility to my older one and less to the younger, it just seems more complicated. And I think I worked so hard to get to this point where I have like three elementary school aged kids. And so then I, anything that I can do that's like bulk, it just feels easier. So everybody does this, everybody clears their plate. This is the new rule. We all do this. But the result is I have a very capable five-year-old who's almost six and then kind of a 10-year-old who could probably have a bigger share. But you were saying like the flip side that Claire is the youngest and she is the one that actually like kind of got through with fewer responsibilities. And I'm yeah. feeling like it's my oldest who is ready for more. And I haven't really doled it out it, yet. And it totally, I mean, it depends on so much too, like personality and yep. where, how readily the other kids chip in. Yep. Does one kid kind of get off what you're asking them to do? I just think it's one of those things that varies so much by family right? Um, and circumstances and everything else. But like, I don't know. I, I feel like it's one of those things that's going to emerge like 10 years old. You could start adding some stuff for her. And yeah. You know, and also Violet just seems like one of those cheery little like, you know, Tasmanian devils who's probably like, yay, the more you enter. Yes. The more you engage with me, the better. Exactly. So like engage with me by giving me things to do or or I'll help you or whatever. So she's a great she's a great helper when she wants to be. I mean, that plays to her her personality. Um, And so, you know, it her being capable is probably a joy for her. Yes. And it's, um, <laughs> it's just hardwired into her. She really wants, always has wanted to be like the big kids. So yep. it makes sense that she would be able to step up, but I could see a different personalities. Maybe the baby is. Clara likes being the baby. Yeah. Like she's always liked being the youngest. Yeah. And not. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. It's very, it is different from. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. 
We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids' vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, here's a general question to start our second half here. How do you know, and you've kind of touched on this, but how do you know when it's time for a shift or things aren't working or a kid is ready for some new chores? Oh boy. I mean, I, I feel like this is one of those things where it has everything to do with my needs and very little to do with the kids. I love it. I love how honest that is. And you tend to be intuitive about these things. Like, yeah, it's like just... I'll look around and go, I'm doing too much or I don't want to be doing this job anymore. Yeah. Or how come that kid is always getting away with not doing something yeah. and I'm, I'm starting to notice it. So it's, it's me just kind of paying attention mm-hmm. and I don't always make a change right away because I like to wait and see if it's a permanent thing or like, is it, are we just off right now? Or am mm-hmm. I grumpy or stressed? Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like I'm keeping up with things, but I really am like, there's a lot that can be going on. Right. Yeah. And then at some point I will just be like, nope, it's time. It's time for things to happen. It's time for this to get added to this person's repertoire. And sometimes it's because a kid asks or shows interest, yeah. but more likely it's me. Uh, expressing my needs via delegation. Yes. Okay. I love that. And I think that I, it, you are just tend to be really intuitive that way, but there's a lot of smart stuff in there. A couple of things that happen to me is it's always at seasonal times a year. So mm. back to school is like, I'm all fired up. Like who, okay. What's the new system going to be? How can I make this school year kind of easier on myself like what are they ready for and then beginning of summer it happens again because I'm like oh no they're gonna be they're all all gonna be home (laughs) like what do we need to do and then you know we're right now we're talking about it in January everybody's kind of motivated to get their organizational systems back in place so for me I tend to have big seasonal um like bursts of inspiration in this area and I think we at those times of year we also have the energy to follow through, which mm. as we're going to talk about, it's it's not like you can just say, here's your new list of responsibilities, like go right. get them. You have to be ready to like the potty training to stick with it. So I think as moms, we have that 
energy a little bit more those seasonal times of year. The other thing I was going to say about really little kids is um, somebody told me a long time ago that with puppies, with dogs, the reason they're so naughty is that they are a lot of dogs are working breeds. Like they're used to having a job oh, or a okay. yeah. like, here's your purpose. Go round up the sheep. Yep. And I'm sure it's, it's some dog breeds more than others. Not all dogs are it is working dogs. But yeah. And so I will, if my kids are being squirrely, the first thing I say is, do you need a job? And I don't mean like go out and get a job. I mean, like, clearly I'm fine if you're, you know, squirrely around and rough house, that's all fine. But like, you know, when it gets to that point where you can tell they're not even enjoying themselves, they're right. just like being, they're just letting off steam or like, like expending mental energy or something. Yeah. And almost in this like circular, like a puppy, like it just needs yep. to be channeled. So with your really little kids, they're not going to ask for a chore chart or really show you that they're ready for real chores. But you might think about those two and three year olds who just have so much energy and think about like giving them a job, a simple job. My two and a half year old used to have a job of turning off all the lights before we left the house, but it gave her something to do. Like I was getting the baby in the yeah. car seat, go turn off all the lights. So think about that with your, with your squirrely toddlers too. They might just need a new set of responsibilities, but yeah, I love that. Very um, true. Okay. So do you have, do we have some suggestions for when it is time to put new responsibilities on a kid, um, ways to make that happen? Um, yeah, I mean, I, my first, just an overall thought is that you should keep your expectations incredibly realistic. <laughs> I don't want to use the word low. That sounds depressing, but I, they're not going to figure it out the first time, yeah. the first 10 times or the first 20 times you show it to them. They're probably never going to do it the way you want it done yep. or the way you would do it. Um, and you are going to have to continue to remind them. Like yes. that is just a, that is, again, it's the active management school of thought. It's yes. the, you're Mrs. Hughes of Downton Abbey. Yep. You, this is your job is running, is managing the household. That doesn't mean you have to do everything. Yep. Um, in fact, you shouldn't do everything, right. but it does mean this, that part of your job really doesn't ever end. And another thing just to add is that it doesn't have to be your job. It could be your partner's job or your husband's job too, or, you know, maybe he's the household manager, or maybe you share that, but then know who's doing what. Yes. Like, if, if you're the one who's going to be the reminder, nobody wants two reminders. Like that's unnecessary. And then you're both, you're like, then you become nags and then you're right. doubling up on each other. Like you're doubling work. So right. just kind of get a sense of like, um, whose domain is yeah, whose like or that. whose job is whose, whose communication you know, maybe, maybe your spouse is the one who on the weekends gets the kids all riled up and takes them into a room and makes it spotless. And right. then the rest of the week it's on you or whatever, yeah. like however yeah. it works for you, just have that conversation. Otherwise you just end up, you just end up repeating work and then you be, you guys become sort of the wah, wah, wah yeah. in the background. And you don't want that right. to be your relationship right. with your kids either. Right. Oh, I love that. That's so smart. Um, I'm so glad you brought up the whole nagging and reminding thing. I will link in the show notes to my favorite, AHA Parenting, which is Dr. Laura Markham. And she answered a reader question from a, a reader who had five and seven year olds who she just felt like she was nagging so much. And she just reframed it basically as what you and I would say, which is, you are going to have to remind them. You don't have to do it in a grumpy, naggy way, no. but you can accept that it's just a part of, it's just a part of it. So yeah. expecting that you won't ever have to say it again sets everybody up for kind of a negative experience. Yeah. Um, or we do that thing where we wait to see if they remember and then we get more and more bitter. And then yep. by the time we yeah. remind them, we're feeling put out about it yep. instead of just making friendly reminders a part of the routine. So I won't read the whole thing, but I'll link it up in the show notes. And I thought it was, I was curious what she was going to say. And I, I felt like it was right in line with kind of 
what we would say, which is yeah, you're going to have to remind. You're going to have it's to It's not remind. nagging unless everybody's grumpy about it. But there's a way to have reminding be part of it without getting to that place. Like any freelance writer or probably graphic designer or maybe architect or whatever knows that with every assignment, you have your first draft and then you have like three rounds of edits. Mm -hmm. And the reminders are the rounds of edits. Yeah. They're just, it's not, it doesn't mean you anyone failed. It's yeah. just built in. Um, it's built in to the task. It's built into the ask. And right. it can be very friendly. It can right. be very, hey, did you get that done? Oh, hey, by the way. Um, and I always phrase it as I need you to uh -huh. this or that. That's like just the way that I communicate with my kids about chores. Hey, I need you to do this or that. Mm -hmm. Now, we all know that what I really mean is you need to do this. Right. <laughs> This is something you have to do. But yeah. I just find that like making it doesn't take anything off my, you know, it doesn't hurt me at all to make it pleasant and sound kind of optional ish. Because mm -hmm. then it's like they're kind of helping me out. And, right. You know, it's just. Yeah. So I totally agree with with that. I like it. Um, One thing I had and I'm not always good about this, but back to the whole the attitude I model about mm -hmm. home chores. I wouldn't start a kid on a new chore system when you're feeling so put out by it yourself that you're like, I can't do this anymore. You're doing oh, no the laundry way. from now on. Yeah. So they've got to see it as like, almost like, okay, you're a little bit older. It's a new school year. Like this is what your responsibilities are. But you, I think you as a mom need to be in a place where it, you really do see this as positive change and not just like, yes. please take this off my hand because I mean, they will pick up on that. And if it's not fun for you, it's not going to be fun for them. Now all and that, it takes work, it takes right. work to train them so that you're not getting yourself. Off exactly. The you're not going to, you're not going to have the the energy to see that through. Um, I right. was also going to say, make sure you're planning to do things together the first few times. Um, yes. It sounds obvious, but even first with few or dozen, right. Even with older kids, um, it, you don't even have to tell them this is your new chore. You have to do this every week. It's more that you're just teaching a new skill. Like, Hey, yep. let me teach you how to change the batteries on this or whatever it is. So yeah. you're looking at it more like a skill. Um, I, I think that's really smart though, that like any, any change you want to make in your household, makes so it's going to be so much better if you make it from a place of strength and calm mm -hmm. um a place yeah. where you're in a really good place with something and so now it's like time to bestow your wisdom upon your you know upon your progeny yeah, yeah. rather than i need help if you're at the place where like i'm overwhelmed and i need help then it's another adult needs right. to help you yeah like a paid you know yeah caregiver or like your spouse yes. or somebody needs to help that's capable and can just come take off your plate. Otherwise you're just punishing yourself. Yeah, that's so true. I want to say something else about the nagging versus reminding. Cause I don't want you guys to think we're saying you're a mom. It's going to be your job forever to remind your kids. Um, I think what we're saying is that there some of that you should just come to expect, but also as kids get older, I think one big thing we can do is teach them to have their own reminder systems. Everything from mm. like phone notifications that pop up or Google reminding you of something each day or setting your homework, you know, in your backpack the night before, like we're, we're training them to have all of these systems so that there are fewer reminders. And I think if our energy goes toward that, it takes a little bit of the, the drag out of the constant reminders. Like I definitely yeah. don't want to spend the next 10 years reminding my kids to clear their plate. And I that's not what I, I don't think that's what we meant. Just that there's a certain amount of it that comes with the territory. Yeah. The, the need to remind can go away kind of imperceptibly. Like you don't even realize you're not doing it anymore until you're not doing it anymore. And that's kind of natural. But I do like the idea of, you know, kind of building in those tools or abilities, like just abilities for them to remind. And 
not only the tools, but just the skills to even know they need the tool. Exactly. And, and how to use it. Exactly. Teaching them about, you know, making a checklist, putting a big checklist where everybody can see it so that you're pointing to the checklist and it's not you. It's not you who's being the bad guy, but it's the, you know, yeah. the list on the wall or whatever. Um, okay, well, let's get into talking about some of our kids' unique personalities when it comes to <laughs> chores. Um, oh. Where do you want to start here? I mean, I think what we want our listeners, especially with young kids, to know is that it is not, you are not going to find a chore system that's fix it and forget it because your kids will surprise you with all kinds of different chore related personality well, that quirks. And they change. So, one thing that's, that I've noticed having all these older kids is that. And now older kids who aren't around me as much. When they were younger, they were they were like my in orbit around me. Like I was the sun. Mm -hmm. And wait, is that how it works? Yeah. Planets orbit around the yeah. sun, right? Okay. I was the sun and they just orbited around me. And it was so easy to just see what they were doing, make requests, blah, blah, blah. And now they kind of all have their own stuff going on. And so it's their their personalities and the way they are is coming out in new ways as they get older. Um so I mean we can name them off and just name off all their personality yeah. traits. You want to do that? Okay. Yeah. Maybe, and and yeah. how that has like how you've had to stay on your toes with yeah. assigning jobs. Yeah. Okay. So I'll start with Clara. I'll just go through youngest to oldest. So Clara was actually tough to to train to do new chores because she's got a lot of anxiety. Mm -hmm. And when she was younger, that really manifested as not thinking she'd be able to do some things mm. correctly. And okay. she worried took a lot of pressure on herself. She was very worried that things wouldn't be done right. Now I would say it's kind of gone in the direction where she feels more capable and um, worries about not doing things. She apologizes way too much. Mm. And then I find myself being too easy on her because of that. Right. You know? Yeah. So that's like something that I'm kind of have an eye on because yeah. I know that I let her off the hook for stuff because she's so apologetic and, and her sorry face all the is time. so cute. And her face is, <laughs> she's such <laughs> a sweetheart. And she really wants to do well. Like one yeah. of the things in that little video that we did, and I did not prompt her about this. We talked about New Year's resolutions and one of hers was she wants to keep her room cleaner. I know. I never so cared about keeping my room clean at her age, but she's like, I just really see how it can pile up. Yeah. She's, just, she's yes, so cute. So, um, so that's kind of emerging as she gets older. It's interesting. Owen is 13. <laughs> End of story. Owen is the most 13 he's ever 13 <laughs> in my house. Like everything from the squeaky voice to like the he debates me on everything he's uh -huh. stubborn I'm getting quiet because he's in the house <laughs> he can be very argumentative he makes things harder than they have to be and he knows all this about himself yeah so he may or may not have been one of the slacker stallers that I mentioned right. in the first half of the show and now he's like doubling down mm -hmm. because he had that already hardwired and so yes. now it's like the teenage and the thing about chores is it's like he's always got a why would I do that like why would that even need to be done like there's always some <laughs> like a lawyer like there's always some reason that chore doesn't even need to be done and he's and he argues and that is a huge trigger for me so like I have had to leave the room yeah before you know things like that so um that's a challenge right now and it came out of nowhere and I've heard before people say that odd ages are harder than evens oh and I, I never used to like put any stock in that but I swear it almost is like clockwork every second year right around the time they all turn the odd and odd things start to go haywire I don't know what it is but it's worked out that way. I would be so curious. Do you know where you heard that? I've never no, I mean, heard no, that. It's like a truism like I heard a long is? time okay. ago. Yeah, so like curious. a long, long time ago. Um, I, we should look it up and see if we can yeah. find it. So then there's William. He's 15. And he's always been good old reliable William. Now, here's the thing about Will. He's begun to see his, he knows he's good old reliable William. Yeah. And he's begun to see it as a transactional thing. Like, oh, I'm doing this for you. 
Like, where's my, right. so he's both my most helpful kid and my most demanding kid. Interesting. Like he's, he, he always has, he has your he number. Yeah. Go. He yeah. always has something he needs. He's got a, you know, like some kind of a, a thing he wants to participate in. He's taking high school like by the reins and like really going for it. And I love it. He started a band, like he's in film club, like all these different things that he's doing, which I think is really great. But like everything he wants to do requires something mm-hmm. of me. So he knows he has currency. Like, he has currency. And he's like, but look how helpful I am. Look how I do exactly what you asked me to right when you asked. He also, he does not like to be reminded. That's something I've had to like really back off from reminding him about stuff. He takes it very personally okay. if I remind him. And sometimes I just do it reflexively. I'm not even thinking like, oh, did you do this? He's like, mom. And he makes a joke about his, about his hormones. He'll be like, I have a lot of rage and anger and you really don't need to ask me that. And he, he makes a joke of it, which is very funny, but he's not actually really joking. Right. right. He's like, like 75% serious. It's so, so funny. It is. Then I've got my two adult kids. So Isaac is 19. He's busier than like anybody in the house. And I know that. And he was also one of the slacker stallers I okay. mentioned earlier. And I know that he's getting away with a lot right now because he works mm-hmm. um, a lot of hours. And when he does come home, he's solitary. He likes to go play his guitar, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. He's not around me as much. Mm-hmm. And I've, that's something that I have to get used to where my expectations are because, right. yeah, it's great for him that he has a job. Right. But it doesn't do anything for me. Right. And just right. because he's spending his time productively doesn't right. get him off the hook. So I think, can I jump yeah. in? I think sure. that was me. Um, I think I got, a, I got out of a lot of stuff because I was a very driven, very busy teenager Mm -hmm. who always once I had access to a car I got myself where I needed I was gone a lot and there was this kind of I was excellent in school I was doing everything right you know so I it was almost like why would I I skated why would I why could I be bothered I could always use like too much homework or a big test as a little excuse to get out of dishes and sorry mom but I think that's yeah it happens and and some kids are really good at that some kids are just really good at being otherwise unavailable and unavailable. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it, when you're running a household and you're busy, you're not thinking like, you're not like, you. I don't have a, my, all my kids listed and then put little check marks. Yeah. Every time I ask one of them to do something often, yeah. it's the kid that's around. Yeah. So, yeah. um, Jacob is 21 and he definitely sees himself as the boss mm-hmm. of the house, the man of the household, you know, not above me, yeah. but the boss of the kids. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's me and then him and then everybody under him. And so he's like the taskmaster delegator. And sometimes that makes me nuts because when I ask someone to do something, there's a reason I've asked that yeah, person. That would do bug that me. Thing. Yeah. Even if it's not a good reason. Yeah. <laughs> there's a reason. And he like will get on everyone's case and ride them to do stuff. And it doesn't mean he's, you know, not doing what I've asked him. He is, but he's like using the resources at his fingertips, which are my resources. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. Those are, that's my workforce. Yes. You yeah. don't get to use my workforce. Right. That's mine. Right. So uh, having adult kids in the house is tricky. It's yeah. like another way of having to negotiate stuff. Yeah. Um, also something about Jacob and probably other kids in my house, but I've noticed it most with him is that he does chores almost all the way through, but always stops just short <laughs> of the finish line. So like he does all the dishes except the one pot or like, I, I just... Like everything, like the something is done, but there's this one part of the job that's not complete. And I don't know if it's a control thing mm-hmm. or if it feels easier for him to like give himself, I don't know, like a stopping point that's just shy mm-hmm. of all the way through. I don't know what it is, but it, it makes me nuts. Okay. That's so interesting. 
All right. So now I want to hear about all yours. Okay. So <laughs> my first two almost come in a pair because they are so opposite in these two ways. So Allegra, who's 10 and a half, is so pleasant to be around and she is a natural nurturer and helper and she's very mature. So she is the one where if you ask her to do something, she will not only do it, but probably do it with a smile. Not, and again, mm-hmm. we're not into teenage years yet. So I, I don't, I know this will change, but right now, and for most of her life, she's just very um, easy to draw into family chores. Like, Hey, we're going to do this. Would you go through your clothes and, you know, set aside that like I can just, and she'll just do it. Um, She's great at following instructions when they are immediate. She is not great about follow through and remembering those regular things that I was Mm. talking about earlier, like the, you know, when you get up from your plate, you clear your plate, the automatic, the things that we, we think are automatic and we just train, but she is a little bit like head in the cloud. So she will, Mm -hmm. you know, walk out of a room with dirty socks and shoes right in the middle of the floor every single time, you know, very similar. So it's, she has the attitude, which is so great. She has the attitude of helpfulness. She'll, she will, if Violet needs help for with something, she'll stop what she's doing and notice. She's the one who will notice something that, you know, she can stop in and help without being asked. So she has all of that. But when it comes to like the, I don't know how, like the regular everyday things that you wish you didn't have to remind so much, she's pretty bad. And then Reed is the opposite. He is like, we, we joke that he's like a robot because once you teach him what to do, like I've even done things like I switched where I kept his pajamas and I switched where the Taekwondo stuff was. And so it's like, he has to relearn a system. And once he learns the system, he will do it right. Every single time he will, you know, put his lunch away. He'll like hang the thing up where it goes every single time. It's like you program, you push the right buttons and he will never change. He's so, um, routine oriented that way, which makes him very reliable, but he has a bad attitude about just helping. Mm. Like if you just say, Hey, can you just, you know, jump in and pitch in and help with this? Because a robot that doesn't compute. Right. Exactly. He'd be like, why should I do that? Why would I do that? Why would I do that? I didn't make that mess. And also, do you think there's part of it that's like, it wasn't part of his plan for the day or yes. it wasn't, oh, totally. he wasn't, he it's wasn't too expect, surprising. He didn't expect it's it. It's too surprising. He right. said that to us one time when something, Oh, when we asked him if he wanted to go somewhere and it was really fun and we thought he'd say yes. He'd be like, no, that's too surprising. Like that it's just like, there's a little bit of Owen yeah. in Reed. Yeah, sure. totally. Yeah. So the, I mean, I've just painted them as like the two extremes, but the truth is Allegra really, we've seen a lot of growth this year in like executive functioning, remembering homework, those types of things that are really hard for her. And, you know, Reed's growth has to be in more like empathy and human mm. things and noticing mm-hmm. what's around him. So it's just so interesting that they were so opposite that way. In terms of like training one of them to do a chore, there's there's pros and cons because Allegra would be really willing and eager and she would see the value of it to the family, but she'd probably require a lot of oversight. Whereas yeah. Reed would grumble the whole time. And then once once we were trained, he'd be perfect every time. It's so funny. Um, okay, so then there's Violet. And she's still so little, but I, I just, the note that I made is she's highly motivated by feeling a part of things like inclusion and also any kind of social reward. So for her doing things together is still always going to be the best thing um, because she likes being around people. And so anything that would make it fun and interactive, she's also pretty competitive. And so she'll do things like clean her room to surprise me because she knows it's like, what? I didn't expect that. You know, so she, it's whatever it do, it is for her, it has to be her idea because she has that strong-willed 
that strong-willed child thing where if I just demand it, the immediate answer is going to be no. So it either has to be her idea or we have to approach it in a way that's fun. And she's still little, but she is a little change. So, okay. Um, well, the last thing I kind of wanted to talk about, and these are kind of tied together, but how do you, how do we know if we're expecting too much or too little for our kids? And the observation I made is that Sometimes I think we expect too much, like you said, in terms of how well they're doing stuff. We expect them to load the dishwasher exactly the way that we trained them and do it perfectly every time. But then I also think, especially for me, I sometimes expect too little in terms of the jobs that I'm actually giving them. So I think you're I think you're better than I am at this of of giving your kids like real, real jobs to take care of. No, yeah, I don't know. I mean, my kids are older than yeah, yours and true. they've been older than yours for a very long time. You know, that's right. the other thing. Like my oldest kids have been older than your oldest kids. <laughs> right. For yeah. 11 years. Right. Yeah. So I, I think that, and I sometimes give my kids a job and then I'm like, yeah, they really couldn't handle that very right. well. Or, you know, so, and then sometimes I find myself like my, the expectation I think I have is attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, because I try to come at it with like a cheery, like we're all going to pitch in. Sometimes right. I expect them to be like thrilled and in a good mood about chores. Right. And almost find myself getting irritated when they're irritated. And, right. You know, sometimes chores are irritating. Sometimes yep. I'm irritated when I have to do one. And as long as they're not like saying no or defying me or yeah. like getting in my face and throwing a fit about it, I really should just look away if they're, I don't know, not yeah. thrilled. Yeah. I no, don't, I don't, I don't want to get to the point where I expect them to dance and choreograph numbers and sing while they're, Right. While they're doing. And I think Um, like the way we started with that research at the top of the show is like, that's a good reminder that like, this is worth doing anyway. Like, even if they're not happy about it, even if it doesn't look like Mary Poppins, there's value in it anyway. Um, In the show notes, we'll link this up. But our friends Asha and Christine at the Edit Your Life podcast had an episode about, you know, kids and independent skills. And this is a little less about chores and a little more about just household and life skills um, that kids can do. But it's a list of a hundred things that you can teach your kids to do in five minutes or less around the house. And I it's, love that. it's such a great list because it actually made me feel better. I, I tend to be hard on myself. Like my kids aren't doing enough chores, but when you look at this list, there's so many life skills on here that I'm like, Oh, my kids do know how to do that. They do know yeah. how to change batteries or light a match or mm-hmm. I'm just looking at some of these. And then some of them I'm like, Oh, that would be really good to teach them. Cause I didn't learn how to do that till I was 25 or whatever. Right. Um, but I think we'll link it up and you guys can take a look at it. But I think if you broaden your um, idea of what chores look like to be anything that is sort of like adulting, but they don't have to be many adults yet. They just have to little by little acquire these skills. And especially kids in the, I don't know, elementary school age range are still pretty excited to gain independence, learn new skills. And I don't know, it just is, it's such a more fun way to think about it than chores and chores. It is. I want to add one other thing. Um, And I love that their list is just skills you can teach your kids, not skills you have to by X age. Right. Um, It's like, I feel like parents totally get the say in when they're going to teach kids how to do certain things. And like, again, I hate to be like selfish about it, but to me, it always just ties in with my yeah. Comfort level. What do you so need? An example of that would be like, Owen's really been into lighting the candle that uh-huh. we have out in the living room. Uh-huh. And Clara was like, why don't I get to light the candle? And Owen said, I was not allowed to light a match until I was 12, which I think actually might have been 11. And I thought about that and I was like, I have always had this arbitrary age about when kids can light matches because I have a bit of pyromania uh-huh. about it. 
And also I remember being a kid and lighting like endless matches in my house and being completely <laughs> unsafe about oh it. And gosh. like, just like leaving them like sitting around on wooden surfaces and crap after like right yeah. after I lit them. And so it's a thing for me. And so I do have this probably very arbitrary age that I will not let my kids light a match until they're that age. Yeah. I don't, it would be different if we were like out camping or something. Right. Like that would be different, but in the house I don't. And I thought about it afterwards. I was like, gosh, I really, that was like a really weird thing for me to like, for my kids to even be like that sure they weren't right. allowed to do until they were that old. Um, but it was just something that I decided it wasn't worth it to me. Well, we are, I'm a big fan of arbitrary <laughs> yeah, rules. As of you know. Of match lighters. Are they, is it an actual match or a stick lighter? Like a, um, like a, like a match, like a kitchen match. Like strike it on a box. Strike it on a box. Because yeah. I don't, my kids don't know how, they've barely seen those kind of matches because we only have the light, like the long lighters. You know what I mean? Oh, like the, like you pull. Yeah. yeah like a, yes. So, yeah. um, which they, I don't know what happened to mine. I think it's in my camping stuff. So matches, we just yeah. have real matches. Yeah. That's yeah. really funny. Well, anyway, check out Asha and Christine's list. And it is, it's a, it's a fun way to flip this conversation to make it more about what, what cool skills can I teach my kids rather than yeah. just the boring chores? Um, final question we've kind of answered, but do you have any kind of a chart system or a list or a whiteboard going on right now? Like once we've doled out the chores, how are we keeping track? No, that's okay. I mean, I have a whiteboard in my kitchen and if there's something I really need to have done that I want to get out of my brain onto the whiteboard, I do it, but that's not the way I communicate it to the kids. Mm -hmm. And my house is so small that the way I know whether things are done is I walk around and look. Yeah. So it's just active management right now. And um, probably once a week when I have, when I happen to have everyone under the same roof at once, we have like a chip in, nobody gets to go anywhere or do anything. It's like every, all hands on deck. Right. We blast through like an hour of hard work and that really takes care of the majority of what's going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also another thing that I've been kind of doing a lot lately is when I don't want to deal with any of the watching of them doing the mm, things, mm -hmm. I will be on my way out the door and the kids are all hanging around the living room and have a small living room and for some reason they all love to hang out in there <laughs> certain times of the day. And so I will just be like, I'll take a quick look around. I'll be like, okay, the trash needs to go out. The recycling needs to go out. They both need to come down to the curb. This just need to be done. So I just like quickly assign tasks and then I repeat it. And then I ask everybody to repeat it back to me. <laughs> and then I leave I for like an it. hour. I go I to the store, it. I go to yoga and I say, when I get back, it's done. And when I come back, it's usually about 90% done. That's awesome. And I don't care how it got done because yeah. I wasn't there. You did so, not need to see that. <laughs> I did not need to see it happen. And there's, there's often like typically the 10% that didn't get done is one of the slacker stallers. Right. Who didn't complete their task. Um, and then I have to kind of follow up with them. Right. But it, it removes me from being the perceived as nagging the ones who are right. going to get stuff mm -hmm. done. And I just get to remove myself. And it allowed you to launch a whole bunch of jobs all at once and like yep. quick family meeting here's exactly. what's gonna happen yeah we don't do chore charts either I have in the past done routine charts more about like things that need to be done before you leave in the morning and those were more for preschoolers and stuff we don't have anything like that right now what works yeah. well for us right now is I tend to make individual lists just like on a piece of scrap paper for each kid on the weekend uh, Violet can't quite read yet but you know we go through hers with her and they carry it around like it's their little it's their little list. And m most of the time on the weekend, they can get to those things whenever. Like they don't yeah. all have to be done before you do anything fun. But I will check in throughout the weekend and be like, 
okay, well, you know, I noticed you haven't done any of this stuff and we have a busy Sunday, so maybe we can prioritize. So that's not like, it's not a chart because it changes every weekend and the things on there are often different for each kid, but Mm -hmm. it does work well because I tend to think on Saturday mornings like, okay, what are we going to get done around the house? And so then I farm it out to them. So that that works right now in this phase. But like you, it's a lot of just active management. It's not like they know their chart and where it is and what it says and all like that. Um, okay. Well, we always finish up with cue it up, which is our little recommendation for an oldie, but goodie episode from the archives. And Megan, you picked one this week, right? I picked like a real oldie. I went all the way back to episode 63. Okay. Um, so that was in 2016, summer of 2016. So I'm curious how our sound quality is. Oh, I just listened to the old, um, the one we did about chores, which was way back and your sound quality is good. Mine is terrible. Sorry, guys. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny as I didn't even notice back then. Um, But it's what to expect from the middle school years. And the reason I thought of it is just because while I was thinking about this episode, I was really reflecting on how so many of the things that make kids different or difficult or frustrating or challenging really come to a head. Yeah. Like things that maybe you've known about them, but then it just, it, they're just like the, they're the most concentrated version of themselves possible. Like, like concentrated and on the edge at yeah. all times. And it's like so it's, yeah. All their childhood traits and all their future adulthood traits yes. trying to like go to war and Mashed figure out. together yeah. in the middle. Right. And it's, it, it can be bewildering sometimes. And, and especially like, as for me, I had some, some of my kids kind of skated through the middle school years without a lot of grumpiness or whatever. And, and some, it's been very different. So, um, that I kind of needed myself. So I'm going to listen to that one. Yeah. Well, it's funny well. because it's so long ago that we would have listeners like if their kids are my kids age where middle school was far away at the time, right. but I have a fifth grader who will start middle school in the fall, you know, so the listeners who've been with us this whole time may have skipped that one or not really paid attention and literally could have almost a middle school by now. That's how yeah. long we've been doing this. Yeah. Um, Okay, guys. Well, as a reminder, you can always find everything we talked about. I am going to link up some good resources in the show notes at themomhour.com. You just look for episode 191. Tell us what you think we should do for our 200th episode. And you can email us anytime at hello at themomhour.com. See you guys. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction, and Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. The Mom Hour is brought to you by The Essential Calendar. Sarah, this is our favorite calendar for busy moms because its beautiful and simple design shows around three months at a time. Yeah, and with summer fast approaching, now is a great time to get the essential calendar and see what I've been raving about all these years. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash the mom hour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash the mom hour.